thank you. In Jesus' name. But really it comes back to us. Are we listening for his voice? Are we taking time to listening to the voice? You know, last week we looked at uh, in the scripture where Jesus said he saw Nathaniel sitting under the tree and he didn't see him on the outside. He saw him on the inside. And I was, it was funny, Monday morning I'd stopped to get some coffee, went in and the lady said to me, she said, uh, I said, hello, good morning. She says, did you happen to be in Torrance yesterday? I think I saw you. What a Sunday. I went to Torrance. I must have another good-looking guy out there. No. Jesus was looking at the inside. I didn't tell a story last week. It was pretty funny. One, uh, one day, one, uh, in fact, it was probably late afternoon. I had left church almost to the house. Anybody heard of the hat? Anybody heard of the hat? I pull in the drive-thru and my daughter texts me. Hey, Dad, while you're at the hat... Could you get me something to drink? So I'm like, how did you know I, was, I just pulled up? She had stalked me on my phone. Right? I, she stalked me on my phone, those kids, right? Trying to find me. Could you get me something to drink? Well, what Jesus looks at, we don't need to live in condemnation about that because everything's open to him. We want to be listening to his voice, to the things that he's saying. So, Lord, as we take time today and we open your word it's life to those that find it it's health to all of our flesh we're told to incline our ear listen to your sayings listen and so we listen today for the voice the lord that speaks to our heart today even as we heard today by your holy spirit we bless you in jesus name and everyone said Amen. Book of John. In fact, I want to read just a couple verses uh, here in the beginning. Uh, you know, I was reading here, and, and if you read later, uh, and, and I know I'm going to mess up the screens in here, the very last verse that's in the Bible, and here's what I thought was interesting this week, the very last verse at the end of John, uh, John writes this. He said, there were so many other things that Jesus did and said. That if we were to write them all, perhaps not all of the books, he, could, he wouldn't have enough room in a library to put all of what he did. So I remember, I, I read that and I think all of the things that Jesus did in a short period of time, John said, if we wrote everything, boy, we wouldn't have room to put them in. Well, nowadays, when we think of storage and computer and the cloud, and I, I'm sure we could capture all of those. But what the Holy Spirit wanted in our Bibles, what Jesus did, he made sure that we had. But as I was reading through this week, uh, you would think that if the Holy Spirit had the Apostle John write about John the Baptist, you could just put a little bit of John the Baptist here, but you wouldn't have to keep coming back to John the Baptist and back to John the Baptist and back to John the Baptist and back to John the Baptist because there was other stuff the Holy Spirit could have had him write about. But there must have been a reason why he keeps John the Baptist. So I want to look at some of these uh, verses here. This is in John chapter 1, verse 6. Remember, we have John the Apostle, but he's not going to talk about himself. He said, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. 
That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. In fact, if we go down to verse 19, in fact, it mentions him in verse 15, but in verse 19, it says, Now this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, Well, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. And then they said to him, Who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? And here's what he said. He says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Let me read that again, verse 23. He says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now John is an interesting character when we read him in the Bible. Jesus refers to him as the greatest prophet that ever lived. And yet his ministry was short. We don't have any writings from John the Baptist, but he was the voice. He was preparing the way. Now remember this, He's also Jesus' cousin. Uh, actually, I believe second cousin. And he's probably six to eight months older than Jesus. But he's not the voice, but he is a voice making the way prepared. Now, he's a little odd. He's the kid growing up that wants to wear weird clothes. In fact, we know that the clothes, for some reason in the Bible, it must have been weird to wear camel hair, Right? You and I show up in our t-shirt and shorts, and this little kid comes to the birthday party in camel hair and a leather belt. He doesn't want any birthday cake. He asks if he can eat the locusts in your backyard, right? That's what his, his uh, crunchy little snack is. He doesn't get honey from the little bear, and you take the red cap off. He's got to go find it from the beehive somewhere and rip it out. So he's a little strange. Uh, he likes to hang out in the desert, right? Past Hesperia and Apple Valley. No, not right, right. He likes to hang out uh, in the desert by himself. He's the voice. He's strange. Y'all have people say, uh, you know, I'm just that way because I'm, I'm a prophet, right? And prophets do weird, you know, do weird things. And so I'll always say, well, have you ever prophesied anything that came to pass? <laughs> That's usually the thing of a prophet. So I think sometimes the prophets need to eat more of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, sometimes that, that we read about. He's just strange. He's different. His ministry's short. He's probably in prison a year. And yet if we read on in the scriptures, the Bible lets us know that this voice had disciples. He had people helping him. And here's an odd thought. He's baptizing people in the river and they repent of their sins and yet the Old Testament law is the way that you received a sacrifice for your sins is you brought in a burnt offering. There were several offerings that you could take in. So this is a precursor of what Jesus is going to say to do about water baptism. And yet John says this in John 3, 26. In fact, they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified Behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. So John has his disciples that are baptizing. 
Jesus has his disciples, and yet the scriptures say that Jesus didn't baptize any. The disciples did. So somebody's coming in to say, hey, you're baptizing over here, and he's baptizing over here. There's a conflict of interest, John. What are you going to do, right? Uh, his ministry is getting a little bit bigger than yours. What are you going to do? So John really makes this powerful thought that I think is, is great for us to read in John 3, 29 and 30. He says this. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Let me read the last part of what he said. Now remember, you're baptizing John, you have your disciples, Jesus and his disciples, disciples are baptizing, but I think there's more going with Jesus now, right? There's that, is anybody here competitive at all? Anybody, right? Little competitive juices going on. Okay, we're going to have a baptism and pizza party then, right? That'll get more on, on our side. Uh, John, if you just change your clothes, more will come, right? They think you're a little strange. No, he says this. He says, therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He never forgot who he was. Who is he? He's the voice, right? His ministry is to be the voice. And he says these words. He must increase but I must decrease. So it's like, and I wrote this down, it's like John is saying, my ministry is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, and his is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I'm so joyful about it. You know, it'd almost be like, I wonder if it would, this would ever happen. I show up on a Sunday and nobody came. And you tap, oh, thank God, Saturday. Because that would be just, that would be, not even Michelle and the kids showed up, right? It's all alone, right? They all left. Well, all of us have had di different situations, but we're not used to this. No, 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 I'm going to decrease and decrease and decrease, and I'm going to let him increase and increase and increase, because he's the voice, right? John never was upset, thrown into prison for probably a year, beheaded. His ministry was so short, yet he says those words, my joy was fulfilled when I let him increase. Boy, would that be a prayer of our heart. My joy is fulfilled when I decrease and I allow him to increase. He is what should be seen through our lives. It's not us. It's not our name. It's him working through, the, through us. The greatest thing that he said, the greatest joy was seeing Jesus' ministry come the voice. Well, and I always mention this. I mention this time and time again. You know, there's another voice out there besides Jesus. Jesus will identify it in a minute, and it's the voice of a stranger. You know, many times, and I say this often, I go back to Genesis, and I look how God orchestrated or laid things out, how he wanted things to be. And I, I want to look quickly at one little verse. Genesis 3, verse 1. In fact, I put the, the little letter B. Just one, just a four words here. Here's what the serpent says to Eve. Has God indeed said? Right? Ha, and let me throw Has he really said that? Are you sure he said that? 
So there is another voice out there. And it was talking to Eve. So think about this. Everything God created communicates. Uh, fish of the sea, the little creatures, you and I, we're communicators. Uh, we love to communicate. We, we have been blessed in our generation. We can communicate a variety of ways, face-to-face, -face, on the phone. We can communicate text, email. I mean, we go on and go on and go on. Well, there's ways that we can communicate. We over-communicate. And sometimes we're like, what did I miss? I didn't, I didn't, I, can you hear me? You know, nobody had heard those things. We overdo that. Everything God created communicates. The Bible lets us know even the trees of the field clap their hands, right? They make noise. There's some type of noise. Or we could say this, everything God created, he makes noise, right? It says things. So the serpent comes in to confuse, and he says those words. Has God indeed said? So the first lie is... Did God really say that? Do you really hear from him? Are, are you sure it's not you? Are you sure it wasn't the triple pepperoni pizza that you had last night that's actually talking to you today? Has God indeed said? So this little whisper, has God indeed said, threw them completely off of what God had commanded of them. And now hearing the voice of God becomes twisted in certain people's mind. Rather than running to him and calling out and clarifying, they hide now from his voice. When the voice of the sound of God would come in the garden, obviously uh, there was communication taking place. Now in, in Genesis 3, when the sound of the Lord coming into the garden, the sound of him coming doesn't have them run to him, it has them hide from him isn't that the devil's strategy that we would hide from the voice of the lord not listen to it or be confused about the voice doubt what he says to you well jesus wants to twist that completely around and upside down to let us know that the good shepherd is speaking and his sheep do hear his voice so if you turn with me to john chapter 10 Jesus is going to let us know that there is a voice of a stranger and that there's the voice of the shepherd. You know, when our kids were little and they'd be at a birthday party or a playground, and if one of them fell and cried, it didn't matter if there was 20 or 30 kids squealing, you knew the sound of yours, right? Oh, I got to go check. Got to check on him, see how he's doing. I heard his voice. And you could pick out distinctively their little moan or cry, or whatever it was. You know, when they were little, 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 and you had, many of you uh, had those, the baby monitors, and you slept with the baby monitor in your room, and that every little movement, you jumped up and you went to go check on them, and they were fine, but then you were up the rest of the night, right? Wide awake, because you listened to every little movement. Well, that's how God, and that's how, how Jesus is going to communicate this, he wants us to tune in, to listen to his voice because he is speaking to us. Or now the voice is speaking so that we can tune in and listen to his voice. So John 10, 5, here's what Jesus says. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. Well, 
I see Adam and Eve here. When, when has God indeed said? That changed their entire outlook about how God created things. So Jesus is the one saying, I just want to make it clear to everybody. Don't follow the stranger. Flee from him. He's the one to run to. Don't follow that voice. Right? Don't follow that voice. And then he follows up in John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. My sheep Hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And I wrote this down. You know, Jesus calls to us to say, come to me in front of us, right? He's face to face. Come to me rather than from behind us telling us just to go. He's that voice in front, that face to face voice calling, saying, come to me. Listen to my voice. Tune in to my voice. Listen to me. In fact, we know this, John 12, 49, Jesus used this word. He said, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command and what I should say and what I should speak. So when Jesus speaks, he's not doing it independently on his own. He's not, he's not concerned about what he has to say. He's sharing what the Father says and we can hear his voice. You know, just in the last couple weeks, uh, there was a news commentator that said, anybody that listens to Jesus' voice is mentally ill, right? I know that took that a little offensive, right? I'm, I'm in on that one, right? Listening to his voice, trying to tune out the other voice that speaks and listen to his voice because he's a communicating God. He's a speaking God. He wants us to listen in. You know, the, the word voice or the word my sheep hear my voice is the Greek word that really means listening for a sound or a tone. You know, all throughout the Bible, we read of people that heard from God. A little boy named Samuel. He didn't know exactly that it was the Lord. He thought it was Eli. Eli had to teach him to listen for the voice of God. David, we read, would incline or inquire of the Lord. He would take time to listen. We can go over and over. Enoch, we read, walked with God. Think about that. Walked with God. But then the Bible says he was not, right? Enoch walked with God. Elijah heard from the Lord. Elisha heard from the Lord. We can just keep going on. Uh, John the Baptist hears from the Lord. Mary, a younger, hears from the Lord. Joseph hears from the Lord in a dream. On and on and on. But it's always backed up by the word of God, right? That's the foundation. That's how you judge it. That's how you prove it. It's the word of God. I was sitting here Tuesday at church. We met with um, all of the area Chinese pastors and on Skype, they had a pastor in Seattle, a pastor in San Francisco, and a pastor in Las Vegas. And they were talking about the Chinese ministry, which most of it I could not understand uh, because I got a little translation here and there. And they asked this question, they asked if our church could be the host church for a Chinese Bible college. So out of Seattle, out of San Francisco, out of Las Vegas, uh, if our church could be the one that could host, it's called ISOM. And so they, they all turn and look at me. Well, we read this in the Bible in the Acts. It you don't have to pray much on that. It just seems right to the Holy Spirit, right? 
It just seems it's, it's a ministry thing. You don't have to spend a lot of time to say, oh, I don't like that idea. Training pastors? No, we don't do that, right? Let them figure it out on their own, right? Let's send them to Las Vegas to figure out. We don't want it here. No, 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 boy, what? Now, I'm just walking in. What, a, what an honor. It just seemed right. Did it seem right to me? No, it didn't seem right to me. It seems right to the Holy Spirit. We read that in the book of Acts. Because anytime it's advancing his ministry, right? It's those things that you say, it seems right. But all of us are juggling and listening and have several things that we have on our plate that we take time and we listen to the Lord for. But Jesus wants to remind us it's not a figure of speech. It's not something cute. It's not a cliche. He says this and he says it personally. My sheep hear my voice. And we've been reading over that Jesus says in John, come to me, come to me, come to me. I'm reading John every day. I've already read John 4 now, three or four times. I've read about that woman at the well. Oh, he's talking about worship him in spirit and in truth. Oh, I needed to read that. He wanted me to read that. He wanted to do something in our church through worship when I read that. Had I not read that, right, it wouldn't be life to me. It may not have anything to do with what you're asking about, but just reading here the Holy Spirit, as we've been talking about today, will bring those things up so that you can hear him clearly. And I like what Luke 9.35 says. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. And it says this, listen to him. Right? God's telling him, listen to my son. I think that's a good word for us today. Listen to his son. Listen to what he says, what he tells you to do. Don't try to make it up. Just listen to what he tells you to do and pray. I read a story. There was a gentleman. Uh, in fact, his co-worker asked him, he said, uh, why he got donuts since he was on a diet. And he says, well, I came around the corner where a donut shop was and I prayed. And I said, God, if you want me to buy donuts, let there be a parking spot open right in front <laughs> on the eighth time around there was a parking spot open <laughs> how many of us are guilty of that right god you're not fast enough you know you need to have a watch god i know you live in eternity we do things down here a little bit differently we have watches right we have times I, I want to drive around. I don't want to go around eight times. I'll go around one more time, right, twice. Uh, but there's patience in that. There's listening in that. There's his perfect time for us. Because here's what we know. We know according to 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture has been inspired by God. We know that John 5.19 says, whatever the father did, the son does likewise. He wasn't independent of what God wanted him to do or his mission. We also know this, that in Peter he writes that the Holy Spirit also was leading the writing of Scripture. But Peter says this, we were eyewitnesses. We saw everything. But you're more sure to have the prophetic written word of God. Right? You're more sure you have it. You can handle it. You can read it. You can see it. It can proof you. It can judge you. The more the inspired word of God. 
You know, let me, uh, in fact, if you're taking notes, write this down really quick. Um, the, of the biggest decisions that we pray about and ask God for direction and discernment, we always wait to move forward when we feel his peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. We don't go before we have peace. Uh, in fact, I believe it's Exodus 33. Moses said, God says, I'll go before you. Moses says, well, God, if you don't go before, I'm not going to go. That's how we want to be. I'm not going to go before where Jesus is not already going and where, where he doesn't say, I'm not going to do that. But I want to have that peace, even if it's something big and might seem overwhelming. I want to have not just uh, feels good, it seems right. So sometimes I want, I want to know that peace that he says. Does it seem right to the Holy Spirit? And here's what I know. Jesus knows me better than I know me. He knows how to speak to me. He, know, he knows how I'm wired. He knows that sometimes he says things to me, sometimes as I'm driving when I'm not paying attention to his voice like I should, but he knows when to drop those things into my heart that I'll go back and I'll search and I'll write down. He knows you. Can I say that? He knows you today. He knows how to speak to you. Uh, and it's not weird. It's not uncommon because everything communicates. Do you know NASA has, uh, I believe it's two voyagers that have been sent out to space, I believe it's over 20 years, broadcasting music and signals and people speaking, just in case there's anybody out there, right? Do you know they have listening posts in the United States and other places in the world that they're listening for others talking out there? And so sometimes when we say this that we can hear, we, we think we're crazy. They've got, they're singing songs out in space, right? <laughs> Trying to, you know, get a hold of E.T. or whoever else that might be out there. And we don't think God communicates or can say God's a speaking God. And he wants to talk with us. Uh, so today, uh, as we pray, in fact, if you would bow your heads with me today. Let me quickly highlight two or three things. John says those powerful words. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled, for I must decrease so that he can increase. You know, many times it's that pulling away, it's that quiet time, it's getting up earlier, it's staying up a little bit later. It's like we see with Jesus drawing away from the crowd to listen to what he has to say, to read his word. So, Lord, I, I pray today, Lord, for all of us. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. He also started with, they won't hear the voice of the stranger. So, Lord, I pray today, we don't hear those words, has God indeed said that we tune our ears and our hearts to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd, to hear those words that he knows us and we're to follow him. He's the one saying to us, come to me. Come to me. I'm the bread of life. I'm the one that you should thirst after. You'll be overflowing. It'll be like a fountain in you. So Lord, I, I pray today, I don't know everyone's situation, but you do. You know, every person 
personality here. You know, everything that's laying before them this week, this month, this year. Lord, I thank you that we trust in the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to speak directly to us. We incline our ear. We thank you for your word that keeps us on the straight in the narrow, and it is our joy to be fulfilled. In fact, I wanted to close with this prayer today. Lord, help us follow the Holy Spirit's leading whenever he impresses us to do something. I know there's been moments in my life where the Spirit was leading me to do something, but maybe I didn't understand it completely. Maybe it scared me. Lord, when I didn't obey, I know later I was sorry that I didn't obey your word because you're always faithful. Help me become more sensitive, to, starting today, to your Holy Spirit, to trust you. And I thank you that he speaks to my heart. I will be obedient. And I do want to experience your supernatural life in this relationship that you want to give to us when we listen. So Lord, I pray today that we incline our ear to you. We listen to your sayings. I also want to pray today if you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, your Savior. You've never called out to him. Or maybe this is a day of just coming back to him. Would you pray this prayer after me? Say this, dear God, I believe in Jesus. And I believe that he lived. And that he died for me. But he rose again. I now accept him as my Lord, as my Savior. Thank you for bringing me into your family and forgiving me of all my sins. And I'll listen to your voice. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, please, please, please come see us at the end of service. We'd love to pray with you and that this would be a new journey of a relationship where your God wants to talk directly with you. Well, stand with us as we close today.
mistakes come today there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling bring your sorrows and trade them for joy from the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling come on let's sing Come to the altar, Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of, sing again. Just blood of Jesus Christ. Sing together. Yes. Oh, what a Savior. chapter 1 verse 23 and it's the last part of it it says the voice of one crying in the wilderness makes straight the way of the Lord and Isaiah it says prepare the way of the Lord and so I wanted to remind you you're not John the Baptist okay but you are a voice you are a voice and the word straight means unswerving unbending positioned properly positioned going in the right direction uniformly 
here is, I believe, a word for you this morning. The Lord is asking you to open your mouth. Open your mouth. You are living in a day and age, a political climate, an everyday climate, on your job, in school, wherever you are, that there are many voices and they are not afraid to keep quiet. You have been silent for too long. Open your mouth. I say that strongly and I say it with passion. Open your mouth. There needs to be someone who's willing to be a voice to make way for the Lord to come in situations and circumstances, to prepare a way, to make it right, to make it unswerving. There are so many voices that are bending and swerving and going this direction and that direction, and they are not making a straight way for the Lord to show up. Are you willing to be that voice? Are you willing to be that voice? I'm asking you this morning. Because we are a church that's willing to be a voice, not only in the San Gabriel Valley, but abroad, to make way for the Lord. I make way for him in my own life, but I want to make way for him to use my life in the lives of others. Amen? Amen. You have a voice. Use it, use it. You might sing at home. You might sing in the car. Use it to speak, use it to speak, amen? Amen. Well, has it been a good day at church today? Yes. I say this to you every week, almost every week. I love seeing your face. Your face is beautiful to us. You are here, you are in a family. I was talking with somebody this morning that's been walking through a difficult season. And she said, without my family, certainly without Jesus, but without my family and without my church family, I don't know how I would get through it. It's amazing how Jesus uses us to fill in the gaps. So I told somebody today, just call me a gap filler. I want to be a gap filler in somebody's life. Don't you? We love you here at the Hills. If you want to love on some people in your community and you need some more community bags, lunch sacks, pick them up next door in Johnson Hall. Bless the people around you. Have a wonderful week. God bless.